0: This is Dyes and Shoei X, the podcast, episode 152, for the week of November 23rd, 2008. Welcome to Dyes and Shoei X, The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite. Right?
1: ...Dai Zenshu EX.
0: We cover anything and... ...everything. That's right, Japan Man. Dragon Ball. In hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. What's up, all? Hey! Everyone's hey. here! hi Julian's here, Mary's
2: here, Jeff's That's here. That's right. I'm here. And you sound less sick. I'm a little less sick. I'm still kind <laughs> of slightly sick, but, you well, know... Even so, like, the difference between yesterday and today is phenomenal. Yesterday, you were still like... Hey, yarrgh. let me play oh, with God. the mixer.
0: I can make myself sound really sick. Oh my god, oh my god, the sound is so much more thick, and then I can totally, like, kill the sound of my voice. I'm bringing it over this way, and I'm sounding totally Yeah, yeah. exercise
1: that yeah. expensive yeah. mixer. Do That's it. right. Do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, Turn okay. Turn them knobs, honey. All right. Hey, god
0: Julian, damn. what's up, man?
3: <laughs> oh, you know, not too much. It's a nice Saturday morning here, and it's getting freaking cold in Osaka.
0: Oh, man, it's cold here, too. Yeah, it's like the it's cold It's compared to back everywhere. home, but
3: I've been here for a year already, so.
0: <laughs> well, what you been up to? We didn't have you on the show last week, so give me an update. How you doing? What uh, you doing?
3: Yeah, so last week turned out to be the Saturday Observation Day at the school, so we had Monday's classes on a Saturday, and yeah, I got to work on Saturday, ah. and then Sunday I got drafted into this international awareness thingy that I wasn't expecting, and then Monday I had to do all the crap that I was going to do on Sunday, so I didn't really have much of a weekend to speak of.
0: Ah, that's a Shame. but you're here now i mean
3: yes and i have cool. another three-day weekend
0: sweet i am taking monday off and then next week is thanksgiving got a four-day weekend sweet nice. love this kind of stuff let me keep going around mary you're here Yes. Uh, you, the the, the of Trunks lady and all that various stuff. Are you here? You're here every week? Mm-hmm. Old Faithful?
2: Yes, I'm just like a geyser. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. For the comparison. <laughs> old Faithful. Oh, hey, yes. How are These you? These are synonymous with Mary. With Mary. You good? Thank you. I am fine. You're
0: fine now. <laughs> You're pissy now.
2: <laughs> uh, Yeah, all, all's good. All's
0: well in the world of Geyser. Yeah,
2: I'm awaiting the uh, four day weekend as well. Although Thanksgiving's honestly one of my least favorite holidays. Why is that? It's not because I don't have anything to be thankful for. I just don't like turkey food. <laughs> I just don't like turkeys. I see how it is. It's something I don't against know, it. You're I don't- racist.
1: That's humanist. Like,
2: what? Racist against turkeys? Yes. But I want because to you save the turkeys. Them? I want them to run free wherever they run free.
1: Alright, fine. Whatever floats your boat. Do Jeff. they even run? I don't think turkeys run. <laughs> (laughs) Jeff. Hi. You're
0: here. Must be Manga Review of Awesomeness time. It's
1: it's gotta be, yeah. We're
0: totally off schedule, but I don't care.
1: Whatever. i do what I want. You're crazy. You're just crazy like that. That's
0: right. Crazy Mike's crazy schedule. It doesn't matter what time of the month it is. That's right. Uh, We're like totally off from the wedding and the honeymoon, so we're gonna do Manga Review of Awesomeness now, and we're gonna wean our way back into kind of first of the month things, but December and January is always weird anyway, so whenever we... Can slip them in. We're going to keep going with the monthly schedule. We're here. It's that time of month. Fantastic to have you here.
1: Why, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're you lucky. Worked very
2: hard to get here from around the corner. Yeah, oh, that's
1: right.
0: Lots of work. I know it's always a trap.
1: Traversing. I was you traversing.
2: farther than I did.
1: Yes. Yes. This is true. It, very true. Julian and-
0: traveled the farthest
2: yes
1: to japan by way of
2: internet
0: <laughs> well the internet is further than in front of a microphone well is
1: this is this live via satellite
0: uh no it's live it's non-live via interwebs
1: so it's live via interwebs lol i hate you oh, God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's julian dazenshu ex that's mary temple of trunks that's jeff neighbor friend <laughs>
1: Fuji <laughs> combo. All around sexy guy. All
0: around sexy guy. That leaves me. My name is Mike Vegito EX, and I'm the ringleader of this hair circus. We got an awesome episode for you. We got news. We got emails. We got the manga review. We got Julian back to do ABCs. We got releases, all the standard stuff. Uh, speaking of stuff, anyone got any stuff they want to talk about before we get into the swing of things? I Jeff, do. You're raising your arms in the air.
1: I do. I just want to say yes. I am honored, 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 honored to be here for your third year episode. Thank
0: you. Whoa, I appreciate that. It's yep. really that time? November 19th, 2005 was episode one of the show.
2: Oh. Wow.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Uh, podcast is just hitting three years. The website itself coming up on eleven. Yes, January. A long be, time. January will be eleven years at the site.
2: I feel bad because when I hear November nineteenth, I was like, "Oh boy, it's our one month anniversary!" <laughs> I totally forgot. To it is the pod- an anniversary. Yeah, it is. And you know, I know that the podcast, you know, started in November right. you know, three years ago, but I just didn't really. It didn't click with me. Holy it's, cow! It's
1: priorities, Mary. It's it is, priorities. Right.
2: No, but it's gone by really fast. You know, we weren't
0: right there at the beginning of the whole podcast phenomenon. That was a little. early earlier in 05 but you know we were there early enough we've been there kicking along good times Thanks, you, right
3: you're appreciate
2: welcome that Absolutely. it turned out
3: to be more than just a passing fad oh
2: yeah that's right yeah, and thank and god for that, that i applaud you mike i thought for sure this was just going to be a project you'd be obsessed with for a couple weeks and then move thank on. you for
0: the confidence i appreciate it
2: <laughs> but i'm glad this has allowed you to you know, further your career, even.
0: Yeah, yeah, true enough. Yeah, you lucky bastard. I uh, have fun. Whatevs. Uh I'll continue with this stuff. I get a PM from my buddy Herms, uh, I think about a month ago, but things got crazy. We had an email a few episodes back asking us if Vegeta Jr. from the last episode of GT was ever given that name formally in any kind of official publication. And I skimmed through the GT Perfect File books and I could not find a single reference to it anywhere. So we concluded that that was a a kind of an educated guess at his name since Goku Jr. himself was given that name. So we just kind of assumed, okay, Vegeta Jr. makes sense. Well, Herm just dug a little further and on page 94 in the second book up, I believe. It does say, quote, in the last episode of the GT series, Goku Jr. reappears and battles Vegeta Jr. So there you uh. go. That is Ooh, officially why from there. Job, I'm hey, there sorry. I'm sorry. But that's what other people are there for, to catch these little slip-ups. Pick up your slack. Mistakes. I know, I know. So be it. So uh, while I have a sip of water, anyone last-minute stuff? What you got before the news?
2: No, uh, I had well, my good stuff last week. Sorry. I got nothing.
3: I've got amusing stories to tell about some of the students in my school, but I'm afraid it would take a little too long to relate so uh, we'll move on for now
2: all right mike's enough. given me a heads up about some of these yeah stories i told mary a students. little bit about it <laughs> they're so. quite amusing all right then it is time for news
0: Mary last week we talked about infinite world on the ps2 and origins on the DS infinite world has been getting some interesting reviews around the interwebs and by
2: interesting you mean
0: scathing yes. absolutely scathing IGN had a review that is uh very very interesting just to boil it down they gave it a 3.5 out of 10 this is Greg Miller over there who did the review on it essentially says not essentially it does flat out say quote do not play Dragon Ball Z infinite world I don't know how much more clear you can possibly be with a review
3: that sounds like a ringing endorsement
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely you can read a little bit of commentary i had on this review over on the home page of our website just comparing it to kind of previous reviews they've done of other games like budokai 3 shin budokai and burst limit that kind of stuff um what i think about how far maybe he even played into the game so you can check that out and if you listen to our show last week you know how i uh, initially feel about the game so i just wanted to point that out julian can you tell me a little bit about uh r2s over in japan
3: Something about the first week they took the top two spots, having DVZ Movie 8 with 7,070 copies and DVZ Movie 7 with 6,476 copies. And in terms of sales, that's not too surprising, just because of the prohibitive cost of that kind of media here in Japan.
0: It doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, there are less people and it is more expensive, but the fact that DBZ spots one and two, that's pretty nice. Last thing we want to mention. Uh, this is just recently put up on anime news network. Apparently jump Festa is going to have, uh, Justin Chatwin and, uh, some early premiere footage of the Dragon Ball live action movie. (laughs) Oh shit. I'm not allowed to say that the podcast is going to die. I'm not allowed
3: to
1: reference that (laughs)
0: item. I got to keep a close eye on everything. Great. Great.
1: Job, you pick up there for a minute, Mike. great job
0: <laughs> oh man uh yeah you can go read about it on anime news network for the sake of the podcast uh not yeah. dying on us we will say no more and you can try to listen to a previous episode where we attempted yeah. to talk solely about the movie <laughs> and see what happened because of it so i'm gonna leave that there
3: i know that greg is really bitching about it and i just kind of wonder how the japanese audience is going to react to
0: absolutely outrage Ah, uh, we'll see <laughs> we'll we'll definitely get some reports from it that's all the news i got is uh, kind of slow compared to what we had previously but you know whatevs the big news really is that monday the special is streaming online we'll remind you about that at the end of the episode so i guess it is time to move on over to the topic we are doing a manga review of Awesomeness on Volume 21 of the manga. If you're following along with Viz, that would be the original graphic novel run of DBZ Volume 5. And if you're going along with the recent Viz Big, that would be DBZ Volume 2, because that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. And Julian, Kanzenban, I have any clue. I'm, I always forget to mention this.
3: Um. You know, I. I uh, just give me a sec. <laughs> it's been a while. And I don't have my volume. Here so.
0: 17?
3: 17 ish. That sounds about right. It's right around that neighborhood
0: well whatever it is chapters 241 through chapters 252 so what we're gonna do in case you're new to the whole manga review of awesomeness we're gonna go through the chapters and kind of give you a synopsis of everything that happens and then we're gonna get to the end and give our thoughts and everything we have Julian and you and myself have read the entire thing front to back we got mary That's over true. here
2: you've read i have read this part. you have yes. read
0: this volume before okay long time dragon Ball but it's fan. been a while you know the I story haven't. but whatevs jeff you are reading through the manga for the first time time ever in your life beginning to end that's right so you're our newbie virgin perspective on the entire series yep and this is uh, a really interesting volume i think a critical volume for getting that kind of perspective and thoughts on it so i'm really excited about that so i'm just gonna get it going here with chapter 241 kamisenin bulma karen and Chi Chi are flying towards the scene of the battle Chi Chi is screaming to find out if gohan is alive karen can only barely sense the key down there vegeta's space pot arrives and he struggles to crawl over to it Krillin gets himself up and staggers over to try and stop him, picking up Yajirobe's sword along the way. Kai Osama mentions how, as a god, he really shouldn't be picking sides on the matter, but Vegeta's caused so much trouble in the galaxy, uh, I don't care too much about it. Alas, it will not stop the root of the evil, dot dot dot. Vegeta is unable to move and Kududin is about to kill him, but Goku telepathically pleads with Kududin to stop. Goku wants to let him go against all better judgment. Kududin argues that he'll never turn around like Piccolo did, and even that's debatable, and this needs to be done. Goku acknowledges this, but asks for the favor since he was so personally thrilled with the fight. Cudden complies and lets Vegeta go, telling Goku he absolutely has to win next time. Vegeta blasts off with a smirk on his face. Kudin picks up a naked Gohan, Yajirobe pulls himself up, and the ship of friends arrives. Julian, why don't you give me the next one? 242.
3: Chapter 242. The ship lands and Chi-Chi bursts out looking for Gohan. She grabs him from Kuridin and completely ignores Goku. Kuradin says who is dead, including Yamcha. Bulma thinks it's okay because they'll just use the Dragon Balls to wish everyone back, but Goku says that Piccolo is dead, and therefore the Dragon Balls are gone. Bulma thinks it's a joke since they thought four people survived and one's gotta be Piccolo, but Yajirobe pops up, and Bulma starts crying. Karin knew that this was the case, and Kamesenin says even he just assumed Piccolo survived. Karin has no more senzu, so it's time to get everyone to a hospital. Kuridin directs Kamesenin and the ship towards the bodies of their friends and starts to drop hints that there may be a way to bring everyone back. They pause to gather the bodies, except for Tzu, who blew himself up, and uh, Go Gohan wakes up in his mom's arms, gets smothered by love, and quickly asks for his dad, who's flat out in the back of the ship. Uh, Yajirobe wonders why Chi-Chi doesn't seem to care about Goku, and it's because he dragged her son out to the fight. Yajirobe asks if he can hit her. (laughs) Oh, politically incorrect comedy. even gets back to business and says how he overheard the Saiyajin talking about how Piccolo seemed to be Namekian, and that if that was the case, then there must be wish-granting balls on that home planet as well. That's a pretty big assumption if you think about it. Which means if they went there, they could wish everyone back to life. How are they going to even find where this planet is, though? Goku says he'll just ask Kaiosama. sama
2: Mary, why don't you give me two forty-three? 43? Alrighty, chapter 243. Goku knows Kaiosama sama was listening in, so he asks if he can find where planet Namek is. Kaio pops into everyone's head and says that he can. Before they get to that, he compliments Goku on how well he did, but Goku says even Kaio-ken wasn't enough. Kaio admits that it was all a pretty bad miscalculation, but a fine job anyway. Goku asks if he made a mistake in letting Vegeta escape, which Kami Senin picks up on. Kaio checks out a reference book and starts muttering the planet's coordinates. Homo goes all shocked face and tells Kami Sennin to take over the controls while she does some calculations. Kaio notes that the planet used to be a paradise but had some sort of cataclysm long ago and thought they must have all died out. He tries to check in on the planet. Kari notes that the being that became Kami-sama must have left before whatever disaster took place and somehow forgot about it or was too young to remember. Yajirobe asks why the Namekians couldn't just use the Dragon Balls to stop what happened, but Kame Sinyan notes that even Shenlong said he could not grant a wish that surpassed the power of the creator, which is why Shenlong couldn't do anything about the Saiyajin. Kyo proclaims that Namek seems to be doing just fine, while there's only about 100 Namekians, all seen to be well kaya reaffirms that the namekians are actually peaceful beings and piccolo daimao was just a demonic exception bulma says all their optimism is fine and dandy but even the fastest rocket in the world which would be her dad's of course would take 4,339 years, three months to get to Namek. Even Kaio has no idea what to do now. Kodidin says that while Vegeta took off, that pod was only for one, so Nappa's has to be out there. Goku says that there's also the one that his brother came in, but Gohan had destroyed it. Kodidin grabbed Vegeta's remote, so now they at least have something to go on. The next day at the hospital, Wukong Hospital, Goku says the doctor told him it'll be four months to recover, and he might not ever be the same. Karin says not to worry, and that in another month there'll be Senzu on the tree. Kudin and Gohan will be fine in just three days. After some banter with Yajirobe, Bulma pops in with a completely new hairstyle to say that there's a report on TV about the space pod recovered. Bulma's got the remote, and she's going to blast it off, but accidentally presses the self-destruct button. It's all over! Until Mr. Popo pops up in the window, saying that there is a spaceship. Jeff,
1: 244 Mr. Popo confirms that there's probably another spaceship. Kaname asks who this guy is, so Karen and Goku explain. Kuradin suggests that Bulma should go with Mr. Popo, since she's the one who'd know what to do with a spaceship. She climbs out onto Mr. Popo's carpet, and they're gone in a flash. They zoom up over Yunzabit Highlands which is a freezing mountain area at the ends of the earth. Bulma wonders what they're doing out there when Mr. Popo shows her what appears to be a giant pod with spider-like legs coming off the top and bottom. Bulma touches it and says the material isn't like anything she's ever seen. Mr. Popo says Kami-sama told him once and only once about his past. He lived in this place as a child but didn't know why. Perhaps he lost his memory. He had no parents there but a note that read We will come for you later. Wait for us. He waited and waited. Maybe 20 to 30 years, but no one ever came. It was very hard living there and tough to find food. Finally, he left, but checked back every so often. But nothing changed. He eventually realized that it wasn't a house that was there with him, but something else. Something which opened with the word Piccolo. As Mr. Popo is telling the story and speaks the word, the house opens up and lowers a panel for them to climb up. Kami's parents must have sent him to Earth as a child with the intention of following him there one day, but never made it. Bulma can't seem to operate it, so it must be controlled by voice. She doesn't know any Namekian, though she remembers Shen and Piccolo were talking in a strange language at the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai, which may have been Namekian. Mr. Popo says that if that was... Was namekian then he knows the language apparently piccolo means another world in namekian bulma says that to see if it works he should tell the ship to fly out to jupiter and it does it works mr popo starts to cry says it means kami sama may be able to come back to life
0: chapter 245 back at the hospital bulma tells everyone that the spaceship is perfect she's going to fix it up a little and they can take off in five days bulma says mr popo will be all set to go but he's not going he can't leave kami's palace by itself for two months he'll teach her namekian and she can go. Bulma figures, well, alright, she'll go, but someone's gotta go with her, and couldn't it in. It is. Gohan wants to go too, but Chi-Chi starts throwing a fit. Gohan screams for his mom to be quiet. She then thinks he's turned into a delinquent. Gohan calms down and says that this isn't the time to be worrying about school and all that stuff, when everyone fought so hard and gave their lives. Yumao even admits that Chi-Chi better give Gohan her blessing to go out to Namek, saying some pretty good stuff there. Goku is very proud of his son. Bulma says they should all meet up at Kame House in ten days. Back at Cap Dr. Brief, is very impressed with the ship, and they all get to work fixing it up. Ten days later, everyone's gathering for the takeoff. Kudadin's just in a hat and a jacket, while Bulma's all decked out in a spacesuit. And now with another new haircut. Chi-Chi shows up with Gohan, who also himself has a new haircut, one of the greatest hair transitions in the entire series. The three hop up in the spaceship and take off at blazing speeds. Once they get out of the atmosphere, it calms down and they can walk around the ship. While Bulma changes her clothes, Kudadin says he didn't bring pajamas himself. Gohan's brought a change of clothes, too, and they look just like Piccolos. He admires Piccolo just as much as his dad. As they continue their journey, the narrator, I suppose you could say, says that they are completely unaware of the terror that awaits them. Julian, 246.
3: Dun, dun, dun. 246. Bulma's reading a book and half asleep, totally bored, surrounded by a disgusting mess on the floor. It's only been seven days. Gohan and Kuririn are image training, and they're both very impressed with each other. Bulma tells them to clean up the mess, but Kuririn says that it's all her mess. They already cleaned up their own. She's a delicate lady though, and they should take care of it all. So there. They all wonder about Vegeta. Where did he go off to? He works for some aliens and planet trades and all that, so maybe he went to them to heal up? Depending on where it is he may be heading back to Earth very soon. On a totally alien-looking planet named Frieza Planet Number 79, 18 days after Vegeta left Earth, two beings wearing the same type of armor as Vegeta are having a drink or playing a game or something, and notice that something's coming in. It can't be Frieza, since he just left... It's a combatant's pod. And it's Vegeta. They had no signal saying he was coming, so it's a shock to them. Three other beings in similar armor and helmets go out to retrieve Vegeta, but no one pops out. And Nappa's ship isn't with him. They note that Vegeta's on life support. Vegeta is brought inside to a rejuvenation tank overseen by a beaked doctor. He drains the tank and tells Vegeta that while he is now healed, the tail could not be regrown. Vegeta says it will just grow back. As Vegeta gets dressed, the doctor is amazed by the damage that the armor has taken. Vegeta asks if Frieza is in, but the doctor replies that he has gone out. Uh, that Kiwi asks for Vegeta to stop by and see him. Vegeta tells the doctor to tell him that he has nothing to say to him and refuses the scouter offered to him. As he walks down the hallway, Vegeta is stopped by another armor wearing alien. It's Kiwi. Kiwi snickers how both Raditz and Nappa were killed and that the supposedly invincible Saiyajin obviously had a somewhat difficult time. Vegeta basically tells Kiwi to piss off, but Kiwi places a hand on his shoulder and tells Vegeta that Frieza is quite angry that they went off and did this without telling him. But he's rather generous and is thankful that they discovered how he's going to be able to obtain eternal youth and life. That's right. Frieza is off to planet Namek to get the Dragon Balls. Vegeta figures Frieza must have also listened in on the scouters and now he's going to have to beat him to Namek and the Dragon Balls. Vegeta dashes off and jumps in his baseball declaring that the Dragon Balls are his. Meanwhile, 34 days after leaving, the gang has just arrived at Namek. Chapter
2: 241 The gang has arrived at Namek and Go in for a bumpy landing. Bulma wants to check the oxygen levels, but before she can get going with that, Kodidin and Gohan are already outside the ship looking around. Gohan notes that it looks like the place where Piccolo had trained him. They get a reading on the Dragon Balls immediately. They're all happy, until Gohan and Kodidin pick up on a bunch of evil ki in the distance. Bulma convinces them it's just probably just a bunch of Namekians. The space pod suddenly darts across the sky, and they all assume it's Vegeta. Kodidin and Gohan suppress their ki so they won't get picked up. Bulma says, they should go back to Earth, but Krillin says they'll stay and get the Dragon Balls, or else there's no reason for even coming. Bulma says she'll send a message home and then go back for Goku. It'll only take two months. Vegeta has indeed landed and is upset that he has to use a scouter again. Frieza will probably want him dead. He isn't afraid of anyone else, but Frieza is a problem. Vegeta picks up on some key signals and says that Frieza must have brought Dodoria and Zarbon with him. Bulma calls up Kami Senin and gives him the lowdown. Another space pod shows up, and now everyone's all confused. We pan over to type of village and what must be a dead Namekian on the ground. A couple beings also in the same armor are coming out of a house with a giant dragon ball in their hands. The next panel introduces us to who must be Frieza, a lizard-like short alien with horns sitting in a floating chair with two others by his side, a pretty boy with a long ponytail and a pudgy monster. Frieza says they only have three more to go now, obviously referring to the dragon balls. Frieza hands the dragon balls to Dodoria, the monster one, and politely tells him to take care of it, saying that Vegeta is after it. The other one, Zarbon reports that Kiwi has just arrived and is going after Vegeta, and that the two powers that they sensed earlier must have disappeared, but the area is being investigated. Frieza is okay with this, and the first priority is Vegeta. Kiwi will take care of him, and they both hate each other so much and should be around the same power, so that'll at least stop Vegeta from getting the Dragon Ball. Kiwi has arrived and is ready to take on Vegeta. Jeff248.
1: Our gang is confused, and frankly so is Ivan when I was reading this, since there shouldn't be any more Saiyajin. Over a scouter, Kiwi tells Vegeta. Vegeta that he's coming for him and he's got orders from Frieza to kill him Vegeta says with a smirk on his face that he'll wait for him Kiwi says to check the scouter and see how his level is higher than Vegeta's Vegeta just chuckles to himself Bulma says she's going to take off and will be back in two months Kurudin tries to convince himself that he should go back too they send someone coming it's not Vegeta it's weaker two of Frieza's henchmen are walking around for the two powers they sense thinking they must be Namekians Kurudin and Gohan think it's probably Namekians coming the two groups see each other Frieza's henchmen have been ordered to kill everyone, even these tourists that unfortunately showed up. Kuradin tells Gohan to suppress his key. One of the aliens destroys the spaceships by blasting a hole through it since it wouldn't be any fun to have them run off. Kuradin says these guys are nothing and for Gohan to unleash his key. The aliens laugh but totally get pwned by the higher powers. Zarbon picks up on this via the scouter and informs Frieza that their two henchmen were taken out by the same two powers that quickly rose and shot back down. They were around 1,500. Frieza says it's not that big a matter, but to take them out should they appear again. Boma and the gang are stuck on the planet, so now they need to find some place to hide. Kiwi lands over where Vegeta is and thinks Vegeta's been slacking off, going by the power he's reading on the Scouter, but Vegeta informs him that he's about to show Kiwi something he learned on Earth, how to conceal his power.
0: Chapter 249. Kiwi is shocked that Vegeta can conceal his power. Vegeta tells him to watch the numbers on the Scouter closely. Kiwi can't understand since Vegeta is supposed to be only as strong as him, but the numbers keep going up. Vegeta says it's because he's actually been out fighting real battles. The numbers go up to 22,000, and then QE's scouter explodes right on his face. Zarbon's scouter has also exploded, apparently keeping tabs on Vegeta. He assumes it's a malfunction, since Vegeta just went up to 22,000. Dodoria says he'll double-check since he has a newer scouter, but sure enough, now Vegeta's up to 24,000, higher than both Zarbon and Dodoria. They also don't understand, since Vegeta was previously only able to hit 18,000. Frieza isn't too shocked, and recognizes that Vegeta's been out there fighting, and may have learned something new. On Earth. He notes that if Zarbon and Nidoria fight together, there won't be a problem. Frieza sighs to himself and concludes that Vegeta is indeed after the Dragon Balls and his own head, but doesn't stand much of a chance. Kiwi is chickening out and offers to join up with Vegeta to take on Frieza. Vegeta calls him a lying coward, so Kiwi gets pissed and pretends that Frieza showed up behind Vegeta, like, oh, hey, Master Frieza. Vegeta turns around, so Kiwi fires a ton of blasts at him, assuming he took him off guard. But when the smoke clears, Kiwi assumes he got Vegeta, and Vegeta is... Is just standing over to the side, explains that, well, if my power went up, don't you think my speed went up as well too? Kiwi tries to fly off, but Vegeta bursts over in front of him midair. He punches him and sends him flying, extends his right arm and two fingers pointed towards Kiwi and makes him explode. Vegeta realizes that everyone will track him on the scouters now. He can handle Zarbon and Dodoria, but Frieza is another matter. He overheard that he needs all seven Dragon Balls, so he's going to try and get just one of them, and then sneak in and steal the remaining six when he has a chance. Dodoria figures it really is 24,000 since Kiwi just went boom. One of Frieza's henchmen picks up on 10 or so Namekians in the distance, so they're off to look for the next Dragon Ball. Kudidin and Gohan are being slowed down by Bulma. They're trying to truck across the planet. She asks them to fly and carry her, but Gohan says that it would take up too much ki and he wouldn't be able to conceal it. They spot a cave and figure they'll hide in there for a while. Kudidin and Gohan suddenly sense another strange ki coming their way. Julian, 250.
3: Kudidin, Gohan and Bulma hide inside the cave as Frieza and company all burst past it. Bulma starts commenting how they were fast, but they didn't stop for them, but Kuririn and Gohan are too busy trembling in fear to respond. Kuririn stutters and asks Bulma to confirm that the group had the four Dragon Balls they saw gathered together earlier on the radar. And they do. Kuririn asks Gohan if he saw the guy second from the front, which we see was Frieza. They are both horrified at how strong he was, and especially compared to even Vegeta. Bulma notices that the group is heading towards the fifth Dragon Ball on the radar, and wonders if they have their own. Krillin says they felt Namekians in that direction, so he's going to ch- go check it out. Gohan's going to go with him, but Bulma's going to set up a capsule home inside the cave and hide in there. You know, that's kind of obvious. More obvious, anyway, than just hiding in the cave, but it's Bulma. <laughs> anyway, uh, back on Earth, Goku is trying to do sit-ups while still all bandaged up in the hospital. The doctor comes in and tells him to stop if he ever wants to heal up and leave. kame pops in to say hello, as well as fondle the nurse without even realizing it, or so he says, and also gives Goku the update on everyone arriving on Namek, but the spaceship is broken, they're stranded, Vegeta is there, and there are a bunch of others with at least one who's way stronger than Vegeta. Some trip, huh? Yajirobe shows up with a bag of seven senzu. Goku pops one and is completely back to normal immediately, shocking the doctor and nurse. Goku grabs a gi he had stashed away, and he's going to be off. He explains that he had Dr. Briefs make him a spaceship. Radis' was destroyed, but there is still one more, the one he came in as a baby. It should be all set for him to take to Namek and be there in six days. As Goku takes off, totally psyched at the prospect of fighting even more strong guys, Yajirobe wonders if he admires or
0: pities Goku. Mary
2: 251. Goku is totally fine in flying on Kington over to Capsule Corporation. Goku lands and looks for Dr. Briefs, but comes across Bulma's mom. She clings to his arm and talks him up as she brings him over to the spaceship. Which is huge! Dr. Brief says he's been working really hard on it, and the technology is pretty amazing. The artificial gravity machine is also done, and will go up to 100 times gravity. It's all set and programmed to go to Namek. Goku's just gotta press the button. There's only one problem. It's not done yet. He still needs to put in the speakers. Goku doesn't care about any of that stuff, and he just wants to leave. He tells Dr. Brief what's up on Namek, and he's basically off. Oolong, Puar, and Bulma's mom show up with the drinks, but Goku's already gone. Goku pumps the gravity up to 20 Gs. Kaiosama's planet was 10 Gs, by the way, and he basically has to start his training all the way at the beginning since he can barely walk around. Back on Namek, Krillin and Gohan approach the area with Frieza and his henchmen by a Namekian village. They look down and see Zarbon and Dodoria holding massive dragon balls under their arms. Dodoria's scouter blips over in their direction, but they're able to hide before Dodoria sees them. He assumes it was just an animal or something. Frieza's henchmen lead out an older Namekian, and two children out of a home. There are five total in there, and Kuradin gets his first real glimpse at the Namekians. Jeff, finish
0: us off here. 252.
1: Chapter 252. The three older and two child Namekians are led out into the open. Gohan asks if they're Saiyajin, but Kuradin says while they're wearing the same armor as Vegeta, they don't appear to be Saiyajin. Only Vegeta, Goku, and Gohan should be left. Kuradin also remembers Raditz mentioning exterminating races on planets, and that these guys must all be in on that. Vegeta's not with them all, though, so something up. The eldest Namekian of the group notices how Frieza and company have Dragon Balls. Frieza introduces himself and how he's after the Dragon Balls and asks where the others they detected have gone off to. The Namekian stares at him for a moment and then begins speaking in the Namekian language after Frieza threatens to simply kill them. Frieza asks them to please speak in a language they can understand since he knows they are able to. The Namekian says the others have gone out to work in the fields, so Frieza is now happy to be able to have a conversation. Frieza asks about their Dragon Ball, but when they refuse to properly answer the question... Recalls to Dodoria how the second Namekian they killed said similar things, and how they only hand over the Dragon Balls to great heroes. He was stubborn though, so they killed another one. That's when they learned about the Great Elder, saitoro Sama, who spread the Seven Dragon Balls among seven elders across the planet. And in order to obtain one, the individual must prove they are worthy with their intentions. Frieza obviously wasn't such an individual, so he had to kill the Namekian and find the first Dragon Ball on his own. Vegeta is listening in via his Scouter and looks like he's starting to develop a plan. The Namekian refuses to believe. Believe that anyone would hand over the Dragon Balls to Frieza, but Frieza insists they did when Zarbon did this. Zarbon pops up into the air and kicks one Namekian to the ground. Another tries to attack Zarbon, so Zarbon tosses the Dragon Ball he's holding up to into the sky, jumps up to dodge the key blast from the Namekian, which in turn fries one of Frieza's other random henchmen, and fires his own giant blast down at the Namekian, killing him. He then catches the Dragon Ball as it lands nicely in his palm. The elder Namekian is now in a tough position and asks what Frieza will wish for. Eternal life, of course. Cureden realizes that Vegeta wanted the same thing, so if Frieza is also doing this, something strange is definitely going on. The Namekian refuses to give up the Dragon Ball, even if it means his life. Frieza wonders if the death of those two children will change his mind. Dodoria suddenly picks up a reading on a scouter coming in fast. Everyone turns around to see three other Namekians flying in, which Dodoria notes have actual battle powers to them.
0: And that's where the volume ends ends wow there is a lot of stuff going on in this volume that's probably one of our longest recaps in a while because there's just so much conversation and back and forths and hiding and observing i'm jeff i'm gonna start with you actually because uh coming off of the saiyajin arc uh, we are off into space we're out there and there's no turning back at this point i have a headache Wherever you want to start with, I mean, I have a couple specific questions, but I'll let you get the conversation going. Wherever you want to take this first,
1: Um, I feel like I've been assaulted really by a lot of things happening. Yeah, and I um when when we're mentioning that the characters are kind of being confused as to what's going on, I uh-huh. could not help but feel for the characters because I myself very confused too. So very confused. There was just so much going on at, at a single span of time, and uh, you know, this is only exaggerated by the fact that in the previous volume there wasn't much going on. To, uh at all it's just a battle right and now we're going into huge amounts of of development so it's this is
0: basically exposition volume after the big battle
1: right yeah exactly what, what i was kind of predicting i think from the last time that a yeah. lot of stuff was going to happen this is exactly what i was thinking uh but it was it's just way more than i was prepared for i mean we're, we're meeting a whole slew of new characters too
0: yeah you were saying that before we started recording you couldn't remember all the names of everyone there's so many new characters introduced
1: yeah and like which ones uh i would even need to remember because some of them get
0: killed <laughs> right he was introduced and killed off i mean within chapters of each other at this point
1: yeah exactly so it's just sort of hard to uh get my head around okay wait wait, wait who am i trying to remember who's going to come back in the future and- so
0: are you actually thinking to yourself all right who do i need to invest any kind of emotion and feeling into at this point because you don't know if they'll stick around
1: you know uh i actually am not considering it all that much because i figure if they show up they show up and therefore uh uh-huh. you know I'll worry about it then. If you need
0: to care about them, Toriyama will let you know at some point.
1: It sort of parallels when we were jumping into the Red Ribbon Army arc. Right, uh, right. Because it's like, you know, I can establish who the hedge, uh, who the, uh, the the big head honcho is. Right. You know, like, obviously, this is Frieza. I've heard of Frieza. Uh-huh. So that was easily something What's interesting
0: knew. is the first mention we have of Frieza isn't in relation to a character. It's Frieza planet number 79.
1: Yeah, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> I didn't realize he had his own chain, you know. Right, He's right. He's like a Burger King in New Jersey. I like
0: that comparison to the Red Ribbon Army, though, because- Because we essentially have the Frieza army at this point. Right. I mean, he's the leader, he has his subordinates, and he has random nameless henchmen Mm -hmm. working for him as well.
1: Yeah, it pretty much uh, shows that it's going to be another one of those things where he has to fight a whole group of... I guess aliens you can't say they're people it's like just a whole group of different beings at this point
3: aliens are people too
0: <laughs> traditionally it's been Goku solely by himself that fights through all that Goku is back on Earth right now so the focus has pretty much shifted to everyone who's out there I mean Goku is coming we've seen him blast off he's on his way but for the time being it's very different where it's the sub characters kind of taking control of the situation there they have to they're the only ones there yeah true enough Mary I'm gonna come over to you for a little bit because I know you have lots of almost conflicting thoughts on the Frieza arc because I know you've told me in the past you like the the hiding from each other but then you seemed after reading this maybe you don't like that so much I know you hate the later Frieza stuff so what were your overall impressions rereading reading this volume of the manga
2: well I have a terrible bias where I'm always thinking back to the anime version and it's really weird. I like the very, very beginning of the Namek stuff. I hate the filler Namek stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I thought I did like the running around and hiding from each other in the anime. But when I was reading this, I found it kind of tedious, which was odd considering this took far less time than having to sit in front of the TV and watch, you know, an entire episode. Well, there will be some more of it. and Maybe it's that later. I think later. it's the other stuff that's a bit more exciting than okay. this is because this is like, hide your power level, you know? And it's like, oh, okay, let's go be wimps. Let's go hide in a cave. Right. Oh and later there's a little bit more strategy involved well I shouldn't be saying stuff but anyway it gets <laughs> it free it'll get better later on and, okay so that's probably oh, yeah. the part you were
0: thinking of with, I think so I think I'm.
2: I mean it has been a while since right. I've visited this material so did you enjoy I kind of this volume something. though I didn't enjoy it as much as other volumes just because it was quite a contrast from the last one and I almost feel like I should be impressed because it seems like Toriyama just had this flood of ideas so yeah. I gotta give him credit for definitely. that definitely it's like he was just itching to write like some crazy sci-fi story after that crazy definitely now. the
0: biggest flood of plot point after plot point after character after plot point all in a row we got Frieza we got his subordinates we've got the Namekians characters yeah Kami's history all. like a little bit uh, of retconning so to speak in there you know where he came from and them being an aliens I mean we had that earlier where Nappa made that comment and I like that Toriyama built upon the fact that Nappa said that and now we have this whole new world that we've gone to he's actually paying attention to little hints he's dropped in the past. And it makes you wonder, you know, we we know he wrote a lot of it just on a whim as he went along, but there are these kind of things, like the hints of Namekian and what does that mean? Uh, maybe he had a bigger idea in mind when he dropped those hints. I don't know. Julian, let me take it over to you. Um, yeah, Is this a, a favorite part of the series? Do you care about this part of the series at all?
3: Well, it's a, it's a period of transition. I mean, you have the high-stakes battle from the last volume transitioning into sort of taking stock of the situation. Situation and, you know, figuring out where do we go from here. And to me, it's setting up a lot of really interesting things to come, but at this point it's still like we're introducing the cast of characters who are going to be important in this coming arc, and we're not quite fully established yet, so until we get to that point, it's Still, a bit of okay, this has to happen and this has to happen. So, you know, like really looking forward to what comes later, and you know, it, it's enjoyable, but I want to kind of get moving.
0: Yeah, I just want to get going. The whole volume basically is the setup. I don't want to say set up to a punchline because there's no joke coming, but it really is a setup for the entire rest of the saga, or however you want to phrase it. There's not much that gets accomplished here, it's everyone just being introduced to each other, and in turn, the audience being introduced to everyone as well.
1: Yeah, I kind of have to add something to that, though. Uh-huh. <clears throat> uh, just thinking about, since uh, I'm trying to think of, like, the everyday Dragon Ball fan, you know, the one that would watch this for the battles, yeah, or would yeah. read it for the battles, you know, that's, like, one of the best things about it, or, like, the just the exposition humor. There wasn't really much in terms of humor in this volume, you know? Like, this was a much serious, right, more plot-based. Right, plot There are a
0: couple hints, like, Dr. Brief from the spaceship, mom. and Bulma's mom clinging onto mom. him.
1: Yeah, and uh, even Chi-Chi had some, you know, well, she annoyed the crap out of me, but everybody <laughs> reacting to her was really funny.
0: Well, and you have the Yajirobe comment where he's like, can I hit her, please?
1: Right. That was (laughs) awesome.
0: So there is again. I, I use the phrase "little hints here and there" that Toriyama drops, but for the most part, it's pure storytelling. This whole volume.
1: Yeah. So, like, if you were to jump, though, like, if, if you seriously said, "I don't want to read any volumes that don't have any fighting in it," you would be missing a huge amount of info if you skip this
0: this entire volume. Yeah. Yeah. You miss some stuff. I want to hit a couple of very specific things. One is uh, kind of emotions and feelings, any tugs at the heart. Jeff to steal a phrase from one of our other favorite mutual podcasts. It got a little. Dusty in the room for me when they were talking about Tzu and his body not being there.
1: Good film spawning reference. (laughs) Um. You know, they're... they're
0: I just like that Kudunen's trying to talk about oh you know he's got so much on his mind but he's like we gotta go pick up our friends' bodies and then they're talking about well Tzu oh blew himself up and I mean there's not a lot there but I actually felt something in that little tiny moment I did feel something but that's about it the entire volume did anyone else get any kind of feelings or caring for anyone or anything
1: I'm only feeling that now because you mentioned it okay um well after the DBZ Abridged stuff
3: I'm looking at Pope Born,
0: like. <laughs> totally yeah. life I know. We can thank them for ruining that character. <laughs> oh, who
3: knows where a ship might be? Would you like to come with me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but it's a good ruining of the character. To okay. Out. How about Kamisama's history? I mean, that's something that Toriyama is trying to get out of you. Feel something for him? Did you get anything from it? No. You
2: just got annoyance. nothing.
1: Yeah, huge annoyance.
0: Are we just at the point where reading the the entire series? beginning to end we just don't care about Kami-sama is he just an annoyance
2: that well I just found this far-fetched you know compared to their the characters actual origin in the manga where they're all just demons and now they're trying to explain oh he has parents and they dropped him off here I just find it hard to swallow
0: you liked it better when it was just a mystical thing with no scientific backdrop to it the
3: whole thing about Dragon Ball Z seems to be turning all the previously magical unexplainable things into sci-fi plot points
0: oh and the entire next saga is basically all science-based, so
3: science fiction. we're
0: getting, yeah. Uh, we got the scouters here. This is where scouters and battle powers, we gotta talk about battle powers, power levels, however you want to mention it. We've had a little bit before with Raditz, and then Vegeta came, and they're like, oh, don't pay attention to that. But now we have the villains fully paying attention and relying on the scouters. Numbers and comparisons, and this is just something that drives me up the wall. How do you guys feel about it? Do you like it?
2: It's still passable at this point, but still I'm embarrassed ha- I'm about to get annoyed really, really soon.
0: I agree. Jeff, how do you feel about it? I'm
1: annoyed. I you're, am. You're
0: already annoyed with I, the battle powers.
1: I am already annoyed. Because didn't I warn about this
0: before? <laughs> like,
1: didn't I not say that people, these guys are nerds for having to rely on numbers all the time? Right, power right. levels. And it's just getting repeatedly mentioned over and over like, oh, I'm going to turn my powers down now. I'll go back up again. No, oh, you should
0: be about this level. Oh, my side blew
2: up. And- kind of to counter that. I mean, even though it also it does bother me, you know, to be sure. Um, I think Toriyama just continuously mentioning it is kind of a way. To show that these aliens are a totally different culture and a totally different way Very of drinking and spiders compared to what we're used to.
0: He actually drives at home a little bit with Vegeta and Kui where Vegeta makes it a point to say to him, Guess
2: what? I learned a trick <laughs> on this other planet. <laughs> I a trick. Da, 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 da.
0: You rely on your scouter too much. And I, I like that he did that there. But unfortunately, I think we still are going to have a little bit too much of scouter reliance for at least a little bit longer. And I wish it went away sooner. Yeah, well,
1: I mean, look, all the aliens wear them. You can already assume. Assume that they're going to be scouter files, but seriously, right. like you know, you didn't have to mention it every five seconds and like every page at least one mention of it. Just I got thought it was really a little tiring. too much,
0: and I think the TV series, unfortunately, because it's going to expand upon what's there, that makes it a little worse than maybe it otherwise is.
1: Actually, there was a there was a lot of things that that this volume had. I'm kind of switching subjects, but sure. I mean, sure, uh, switch away. Um, there were just some not I wouldn't say inaccuracies, but I think there's just some like written mistakes or, or you know like assumptions that could be taken sure. to heavily like julian
3: you were mentioning one earlier weren't you yeah like well let's go to navic and find more dragon balls well that's a pretty hefty assumption isn't it i mean
0: well yeah our, our god made them and he came from this planet therefore <laughs> how do you come to that conclusion uh, sure. yeah and what's funny is that all of their desperation has backing to it that's kind of strange it's a little bit of a cop-out i suppose but yes yeah, i think a lot do of do?
1: a lot a lot of the explanations and predictions were just i don't know they didn't feel they didn't have enough background you know or they didn't have enough logic to follow (laughs) Uh so it was just kind of hard to believe a lot of the stuff they were saying in this volume because it was just like okay where'd you come to that conclusion and it just happened more often in this one than any other volume so it was like there's a lot of um, interesting plot points, but on really shaky ground.
0: Let me talk about another one of those plot points. At the shaky ground, I don't buy it so much. We have a reinforcement here of the dragon not being able to grant a wish that surpasses the power of its creator. Does that mean then that Kamisama himself would be able to bring someone back to life? I, I've never quite understood the line of thought with this wish explanation. Does anyone else have anything they want to add to that? I don't get it.
1: I completely missed that part, so I'm, I'm I've
3: no contributions to
1: Okay, Julian,
0: what do you think about that? Because then they even mentioned, and um, that's why Shenlong couldn't do anything about the Saiyan.
3: Well, it's it's what he mentioned, I think, about the Saiyan itself that oh, I can't destroy them while they're in space because that would exceed the power of my creator and I think it's you know in some ways it's furthering the plot because if the dragon can do that then what's the point of fighting right but I don't know it, it seems to be something that Toriyama kind of thought up for this particular previous arc
0: yeah I agree let me mention uh, another couple little things this is something that I only now just picked up on rereading this I never noticed this before and that is Kaio's comment This little mention this little hint when Krittadin's about to kill Vegeta and he says unfortunately that's not going to to stop the root of all this evil i never noticed that before and i thought that was a really nice little thing because it reaffirms that kaio isn't just in it for goku he's actually the lord of this part of the galaxy and he knows things that are going on he knows other stuff that's out there and i like that um the hint i suppose what well, I called?
1: I love him as a character. I think he's actually one of the most reliable characters that you should listen to. You I know? I
0: really want to get some perspective on Kyo Sama from you, Jeff, because I hate to do an anti dub thing for you people, but the dub just totally destroyed Kyo Sama as a character. The way he's played in Japanese is there is that stupid. St- Stupid comedy side to him, but he's voiced and it's Joji Yanami who also is the narrator, plays him as a very, very dignified and intelligent being. And the way that he's played in the Dove, you just can't do that. So, how do you feel about Kaiosama? You said you you actually respect him and pay attention to him.
1: I, I respect him. I I love the guy. I, I think he's uh, just completely intelligent and and just knows what to say and what not to say. You know, like he'll he'll very cleverly let the the story proceed. Uh-huh. You know, he. It's not going to
0: solve their problems for them. To compare him to someone else, there's actually something that Karin said or did as well in this volume. And that's when they were talking about, oh, who survived, who's left. And everyone assumed it was Piccolo that survived and, no, it was Yajirobe. I think it was Kami sent or someone who says to Karin, oh, you knew. And he was like, yeah, I didn't want to kind of get that out there but you know he lets everyone discover it for themselves and have to deal with the consequences for themselves rather than kind of spoil the fun for him I don't know how to say it what else you guys what do you have characters how about Frieza he's the new main villain he's here Jeff Frieza Uh, anything at all because I I have hmm. directions I want to take him but from the at least reading the viz version what did you get from Frieza so far
1: all right well all I've heard is what everyone has been saying about him so you know he's this like even Vegeta is scared of Frieza that that freaks me out just a little something. bit. Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm just seeing this guy in a floating chair. I'm not exactly intimidated by him. He is a pretty short little demon uh-huh. thing with horns. I mean, okay, the horns kind of do it, but you know, he's he doesn't he doesn't seem all that intimidating yet. I mean, uh, I, I actually know what the later forms of the Freezer look like, which are much more intimidating. Uh-huh. Seeing him like this, I just didn't really. I don't know. I didn't feel much of a threat.
0: Okay, Julian, let me take it over to you. I want because okay. we know how he's being written and what may not come across so much in the viz version there's a little bit there yeah. especially in the japanese version where we would get things like vegeta-chan and yes. everything is dodoria-san zabon-san it's all there we've talked about freezing the way he talks but yes. give me a little uh, input there
3: he talks very formally and in a very condescending sort of manner towards everyone he's very polite towards people who show him the proper deference but those who disobey him he puts down in a very backhanded and subtle manner until they piss him off and then all bets are off
0: (laughs) right and i really love the way he was talking with that elder namekian in the village the one um it came out with the two children where it was a very (laughs) formal adult conversation back and forth and he's just kind of like oh you don't want to tell me well that reminds me of the time where we killed that guy and we had to do these things and is maybe that jogging your memory for you is that helping at all just the way he has that dialogue Mm -hmm. it's just like he's stabbing everyone one as he talks to them and I just love it so much. I think a little bit comes across in the Viz version but not enough where like the average fan might know to kind of dig in and have a conversation about him.
1: I didn't pick that up at all.
0: Okay, really? You got none of that?
1: No, nah, I didn't get any of that. Right. I didn't see the biting part of it, no.
3: You have to kind of picture him reading it. well, saying things in say Nakao's voice. Yes. Saabon, oh, do you recall when that other Namekian was also uncooperative? Um, he was much more forthcoming after we killed the remainder of his village, wasn't he?
2: <laughs> Dodoria-san. Oh, tashika futarime ni koroshita naneck seijin Dragon Ball その Jeff, maybe we'll
0: pop in um in an episode or so and look at a couple scenes with Ryu Seinagawa's voice because it just like nails that character so much the way he talks. Nice. And I think hearing that, you may view him differently in later volumes. Okay, good. I don't
1: know. Yeah, that would be that would be helpful.
0: Okay. Um, random henchman. Not a lot to say. Q already come and gone. (laughs) But I like how he's an asshole punk. I really like that too. Like we get that. Oh, they hate each other. Perfect. I like the way Frieza even says that. Oh, they'll just deal with each other yeah they're bastards
2: it's crazy that though that like you know we just dealt with Vegeta being so crazy powerful and beating goku to a pulp show uh-huh. hope at this planet and this random alien henchman oh by the way he's as strong as he's, vegeta. he's and on now that it's level like, and now it's like vegeta in the grand scheme of the universe maybe isn't as awesome as he likes to think right. he is we've or- talked
0: about that where toriam is taking it to a grander scheme of things here
2: oh i wanted to say something Please. We do have some more comedy in this volume. We
0: do. What was there?
2: Hairdoos. Hairdoos. Oh, that's right. Han is a disaster.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. was a disaster for at least <laughs> that first change. Was it commisending? was like, I didn't even recognize you or I don't know. Something like something that. Like that. Yeah. All right. Does anyone have anything else they want to add to here? Like I said, this volume is basically story exposition.
2: Well, typically all the volumes that start off on Major Arc are, this are right, rarely, yeah. you know, super awesome. You got
0: to set it up. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: I'll forgive it for that.
0: Okay. Jeff, I know
2: you're all. I was like well maybe there'll be some time skips
0: we did have a couple like a 10day period a 30day period yep but it was pretty concise and they kept it going when they needed time to move and it moved and you were onwards so. yeah
1: it wasn't as as uh, much of a, a change of pace as the other
3: one was that's for sure
0: all right Mary final thoughts on this volume it was all right okay just all right no,
2: yeah all average
0: right. Julian final thoughts on this volume
3: good but I'm looking forward to what comes next
0: fair enough Jeff um final thoughts and we'll move on to predictions for you
1: okay wait a sec sure Goku's an ignorant bastard <laughs> Okay. He's a selfish, selfish, ignorant bastard. I hate him.
0: Yes! <laughs> <laughs> you picked up on something I think I said last episode? Yes, it was when I was listening to last
1: week's episode, and I was like, oh my god, I can't. I, like When I was listening to it for the first time and didn't read this manga, uh-huh. I was like, oh, well, that I don't really see why that's the case yet. And then I'm reading this volume, and like the first two pages, I'm like, god damn it, Goku,
2: what the <laughs> hell are you doing? Are oh, you son of an idiot. Bitch.
1: Anyway, he. I hate him right now i, I hate you go uh, yep it, it, because he's a freaking selfish idiot holy crap he just left the like you do the think i go just because he wants to find him again look did we not establish that there may be aliens that are way more powerful <laughs> right right than, like, and like and he lets this one go look there are plenty of times you could kill any of these aliens and find more powerful aliens somewhere else what the hell did he let vegeta go for i am so mad about that <laughs> so anyway Good. that's all i just wanted to throw that in all there. right so
0: final thoughts on this volume
1: Not the best. Not the best. Not the best. Are you looking
0: forward to more though? Did this Uh, pique your interest at all?
1: I'm, I'm very wary about this arc. Okay. (laughs) I'll put it that way.
0: That's perfectly fair.
1: Yeah. I'm usually a fan of the more fantasy stuff and not the science fiction stuff. Right. And since it's only, it looks like it's only going to get more into that. Uh huh. mm, I'm going to see how it, how, uh, you know where how it goes through, but uh, yeah. For right now, I'm a bit shaky on this one. It's like in the lower volumes for me, but you know, I mean, it's not like I hated it, but it just okay. didn't. It didn't have that same amount of uh, interesting stuff that made the other volume so great.
0: Okay, Mary, can you hand me the next volume, and I'm gonna do predictions with Jeff here. So, Jeff, we've left it where Kududin and Gohan are looking down from above. Frieza, Zarbon, Dodoria—they're down there, and these three Namekian fighters have shown up. Where do you see the story going from here, immediately and in the long term? Where's this
1: um, I would think that this would lead to, um, gosh, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's going to be a lot of fighting soon. That's for sure. Cause we get the quote unquote reinforcements showing up. Right. So I'm thinking that that's going to lead to, uh, some battles anyway. Uh, Gohan, Kurudin, and Bulma have to have more of a part in this at some point. Cause. Well, they, they can't can. just
0: sit there and look.
1: Yeah, they forever. really can't. Not the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh and also uh you know a whole about, about the whole Dragon Ball thing, like if they get all 7 in the next volume, I actually uh, am going to doubt that. I don't think they will. But uh I'm not exactly sure what's going to go into collecting the rest of them. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, some sort of info about how to get the other whatever they're missing, you know. As for other stuff, I really don't know what else to really say about the next yeah, volume. Yeah, you
0: seem to be the most confused that you've been in a while about where the story's going to go from here.
1: Oh, yeah. I am undoubtedly very confused about the storyline right now. All right. So it's kind of hard to say exactly what I'm expecting, but I'm I'm certainly looking forward to things being cleared up, that's for sure. Kind of
0: like a morbid curiosity, where the hell is this going?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. I know that there's a lot of things being thrown in that are probably going to lead to something, but I'm not sure where he's planning on taking it.
0: All right. Good deal. Well, Jeff, uh, you're going to stick around for the rest of the episode, of course, but you'll be back for the next volume next month at some point. Woohoo. Nice. So that that's gonna wrap up the topic uh as always guys we have a thread for every episode over on the site and forum let us know what you thought about this volume because this seems to be a wavy subject for us we want to know what you think but julian with that done we're moving on to you here we are Julian, TVZ ABCs, last time yes. you were here with us, you did ta. What's next?
3: That would be chi.
0: Ah, explain to me why this doesn't go ta-chi-chu-te-to.
3: Because the t syllable in Japanese is palatalized, so it, the tongue moves back in the mouth and it becomes chi. And it was only with the introduction of a lot of Western loan words that Japanese recovered a t syllable, but now it's formed using the te character with a subscript e. So that would be listed under te rather than e. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. So, for Chi, let's do Chi-Chi.
0: Ah, nice.
3: So, Chi-Chi is a fairly important character since she does, you know, give birth to two major characters down the line. And <laughs> yes. she's also one of the characters who appears very early on in the series, being the daughter of the Ox King, Yu Mao. Now, Chi-Chi is an interesting case in which the first time she appears, she is both incredibly naive and incredibly violent. I believe she chops off the head of a T-Rex.
0: She does indeed, and then beams it to smithereens because she doesn't want to look at it.
3: Basically, yeah. So she's pretty feisty and she's definitely comparable to Goku in terms of sheer hickness, I guess you could say. And, I don't know, it's one of these situations where it feels like Toriyama was just going for a gag where she accident- well, has Goku accidentally misinterpret a marriage promise as food and go, okay, right. sure.
0: <laughs> and he's going to follow up on that.
3: Yes, But, surprisingly, he actually does follow up on that many years later, the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai, when she Ichi reappears and is handily defeated.
0: Oh, one thing I want to throw in there, I forget what it is, Mary, you and I were doing, but I was spot-checking some stuff, maybe Red Ribbon era, I don't remember, but there was some filler stuff where Chi-Chi and Mao actually show up again in the TV version, and if I remember correctly, after we see them with the mountain, the Pilaf Saga, we don't see Chi-Chi again at all I don't
2: think so. Until the
0: 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai. Is that right, Julian?
3: Something like that, yeah.
0: Just want to throw that in there.
3: The episode of the Wandering Lake or what have you.
0: Right, right, right.
3: And anyway, so she gets soundly defeated at the 23rd their Tenkaichi tenka- Budokai, but not before extracting Goku's promise of marriage once again and basically making him comply. And further along the line, when she starts, you know, having children, she becomes a very overprotective mother.
0: There's a phrase for this, though, right? Yes,
3: it's called the Kyo mama, or the education-obsessed mother. And This is someone who is constantly pushing her sons, usually their sons, to strive to be the best in learning so they can go to a good school and get a good job and you know it's kind of sad that it's an actual stereotype in Japan but so she's that way towards Gohan and less so towards Goten mostly because she seems to know that he he's a lot of
0: point.
3: yes he's too much like his father uh, oh well <laughs> So she plays an important role through the entire series, even though she's not very visible at all times.
0: Yeah, she's one of those sideline characters that Toriyama will go back to. Like at the end of the Cell game, her and Kiyamao are watching uh the fight and Baba and her crystal ball and stuff. She's always there in some capacity doing something. And she gets a chance to shine every so often in a movie. A beginning of movie eight's a really good example. Movie 9, her and Bulma have the little sparky sparkies going on between each other. So she's a, a halfway useful character, I'd say, throughout the rest of the series, if only in the stereotypical mother fashion. All right, cool. Well, Julian, that was Chi-Chi. What's uh, next week, whenever you're here? Probably next week, I would assume so. I would assume
3: next week should be all right. I don't have any particular things in mind for the morning, so.
0: All right, so what's the next letter, syllable?
3: That would be Tsu.
0: Tsu, that would be romanized as T-S-U, correct?
3: That is correct.
0: All righty, well, we'll do that next time. All right. In the meantime, while we wait for another week and more ABCs, let's do some releases. So it's, uh, the end of November, not a whole lot coming out anytime soon, but we will do the first week in December or so. Uh, Mary, why don't you tell me, December 2nd, what's up?
2: Okay, that's a Tuesday, and we got Viz Big Dragon Ball Z Volume 3. This covers Tankobon and uh, graphic novels, volume twenty-three through twenty-five. They retail for about eighteen dollars, and Amazon's got them on pre-order for twelve twenty-three. Not bad.
0: That's right. December fourth is a Thursday. Over in Japan, we got a couple things. I will take number one here: Dragon Ball Z Infinite World, coming from Namco Bandai, developed by Dimps. This is the Japanese PS2 version, and like I mentioned last week on the show, it's basically a full-price game over there in Japan. Uh, Play Asia's got it for fifty-nine ninety. Remember, we got it. For thirty bucks with a Japanese vocal track, though we're still waiting to hear if the Japanese version has any extras on it. But Julian, there's something else that day, the same day, fourth.
3: That's correct, and that would be Dragon Ball Z Anime Comics, The Cell Game Arc, Volume 3. Now this is the latest in a long line of exceptionally redundant, even redundantly redundant comics, that are based on the anime, which is based on the comics. <laughs>
0: ah wonderful material i told yes. you i finally picked up two of these right i think i mentioned that in the show a while back i think so yeah yeah there yeah
3: if you enjoy watching screen caps from the anime rather than the original drawings of the author then by all means feel free to pick it up it's 730 yen and you can find it at the usual suspects
0: all righty so with releases done we'll get to all the other big december stuff in december itself we'll do some emails here Jeff, you're here, so I'm gonna put you to work again. Okay. Maybe some emails. We got one here from Patrick.
1: All right, Patrick says, "Hey, everyone at Disenjoyx the podcast. I was hoping that you could solve an argument that my friend and I have been having. I say that the Broly movies are not canon, but he insists that they are. It would be great if you could clear this up for us. Thanks, and keep up the great work."
0: I love it when we get the the schoolyard argument fight questions that come in every so often. It's always I have this friend who says this. (laughs) I am going to say, Patrick, go back. and listen to episode 145 of the podcast, so not all that long ago. We had our buddy Desiree Campbell on the show to talk about canon, canonical, and all the other words that go along with it. It's all in how you want to define what canon is, what is canonical to what series and what fashion. There's all these different levels. Some of them are real and set in stone. Some of them are fan-made creations. Uh, Broly is canonical. is not canonical to the manga. He doesn't appear in the manga. He has no relevance towards the manga in any way, shape, or form. So what is he canonical to? Well, you can basically say whatever you want to say and have a halfway correct answer. But I'm going to say go listen to that episode. What do you guys think? Is that a a nice cheap cop-out promotional answer? Do you have anything you want to add?
2: You want to add your own personal opinions? Well, I
0: basically said he's got nothing to do with the manga, so it has no bearing on that. It's not canonical to that.
2: I want to say no too, but then he appears so many times that would you say, he cancels out his non-canonicalness by just appearing in the movies. But so being
0: much. canonical has nothing to do with like acknowledging the existence of it's it's like those people that hate GT so much that they pretend it doesn't exist. Well, it's still there. That doesn't mean you have to like it or feel it has any impact on the original series. I don't does that answer the question?
2: No.
0: No? Jeffrey. I was just
2: making a joke really. Okay. I'm just saying <laughs> because he appears so many times. Whatever. He, he like forces himself on like I'm kidding i'm kidding no i'm
0: not jeff as someone who neither knows nor cares (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) what do you think i don't care all right then julian you got anything you want to add Eh. all right we'll move on hope we helped you in any way patrick I don't think so. Jeff, read, we're going to do one more email here from Rachel.
1: Okay, Uh from Rachel. Hello, and because I didn't get the chance to say this yet, congratulations on the whole marriage thing. I know I'm a bit late, especially if this email isn't read in, in the podcast this coming week, but I just wanted to make sure I said it. But I have two questions for you, so here we go. Firstly, and this has always confused me, there is a bit of confusion regarding a few names. How do you pronounce names that were originally from another language? What I mean to say is that Pan or Maron for example have french names but they are pronounced as if they were japanese in the show however i have heard some fans say pon and others say Pan, the A being long, or Merun versus Maron. Even on the podcast, I have heard both variations of these. Which pronunciation is correct? A strictly Japanese way, the French way, or even the English way? I try to keep my name straight, even though my dub loving friends stare at me strangely when I say good-it-in. so I'd like to know which is right. Next, oh. I'd like to s- <laughs> We'll get to that. I have a lot of things to say. Sorry, next, go I- ahead. Next, I'd like to say first that I am a nut about owning an entire series of games and not just the most recent. So I have a bit of a problem. I've only recently started buying the Dragon Ball games, and as such, I don't own any of the Budokai series. I do want to get them, though, so should I buy them in order or get the third and best one first and get the other second? If I get them in order, I'll know that the first ones are bad compared to the last one, but if I get the third one first, I might not even care for the first two. I can't believe I said that straight. Okay, what do you think I should do, seeing that you guys seem to be the most informed experts on the games? With that, I'll end this email and say thanks for the good work on the site and podcast.
0: Uh. Do- Julian, let's go to the, the names thing first. I'll let you take it away.
3: All right. So I have a lot of things to say about this. First of all, point of order about pan. The word pan in Japanese actually comes from Portuguese, where the word is pau paul. That's a, a nasal A with a closing to an O shape that you can't really hear. That's P-A tilde O. So, that is something that you wouldn't really hear. And there's also Marin being marron in French. You know, I think it's not essential to pronounce them the same as they were pronounced in the original language. That's just going a little bit overboard.
0: Well, how about how they're pronounced in the Japanese version of the TV show versus not even considering a dub version, but how you might pronounce if you just read it.
3: Mm, so I'd say Pan Marin, that sort of thing.
0: You know, I've traditionally said Pan, but I think in the last year or so, I've kind of been weaning myself towards saying Pan, only because I hear that so much when I hear the character's name spoken, and there's always that one specific Pan-chan that I remember so much from, I think, <laughs> GT64 or whatever. So I, that's how it's said, so why wouldn't I say it? I don't know. It doesn't right. seem to me quite along the lines of Seru or Torankusu, because, I don't know, it's just just kind of like one syllable.
3: Right. And I, I think that's not so bad. I think you're going a little overboard if you try to say marron for the sake right. of sounding right. like French. I mean, Japanese people seem to think because of it being in Kana everywhere that marron is English, but it's not.
0: Right. You mentioned <laughs> that before. That's actually really funny.
3: Mm-hmm. In general, I think as long as it doesn't sound completely out of the blue, sort of completely insane to be saying, then it's fine. I mean, some people dislike using Kuririn, but it's what preserves the pun the best. But I don't have any problems with Krillin, really. It's just I prefer not to say it.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think for us, especially later on in the dub, we don't have any familiarity with those dub names. So if we don't know them, why would we say them? Uh, Things like Mr. Satan, I mean, it's not the same. It's not a pronunciation issue. It's what are you familiar with? What do you know? How do you know? Right. To say it, but.
3: Well, and it's Mista Satan in the Japanese version, right. but, you know, it's an English word, Satan, so. Right. Well, it's a Hebrew word that. Uh, <laughs> it's too complicated.
2: <laughs> Mary, Jeff, do you
0: guys have any feelings or thoughts on
2: this? Like you, I think I've been actually trying to say Pan in the last couple years, but I always used to just say Pan. And Marin. Marin. Mm, I don't know, I never really said her name. I don't yeah. really think her name. <laughs> She's so minor. <laughs> I guess I say. Well, in the dub, I think they say, like, Marin. I think they're like really, it really sounds American. And then they've like, got the Bulla. Uh, American Bulla. <laughs> no, that I, I try I think, and like try and find a healthy balance between an yeah, American and Japanese I think that's right. For me,
0: anyways, the two I've just said, I draw the line at Severo and Torankusu. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Jeff, again, is someone who neither knows nor cares. <laughs> what do you think? I don't care. Okay. Uh, Julian, do you have anything else you want to say on that question? Nope. Alright, we'll move on. We'll do the uh, the video game one here really fast. Uh, especially with the Budokai series, don't bother with Budokai 1, don't bother with Budokai 2. If you're playing it just to play the fighting game portion of it, and that's really what's going to give you the most longevity, the most replay of a fighting game, is if you enjoy the fighting game portion of it, Budokai 3 just improved upon the first two so much. Don't even bother. At the same time, the uh, first two games had some interesting things in there. A lot of people love the cut scenes in Budokai 1. had some interesting little what-ifs, like Cell's Nightmare and Vegeta going Super Saiyan on Earth uh, during the first fight. Some interesting stuff there. Budokai 2 had some of those what-if fusions with Yamahan and we've got the Gotan in there as well. There's some neat stuff there, but is that really going to give you the most enjoyment for a longer time to come? A lot of it, I mean, look at any fighting game. Is the newest iteration better than the previous? Usually, and therefore do you need the previous game? There's not many fighting games where the next iteration is so different from the previous that they're both like good standalone games. I mean, the Street Fighter series is probably a good example of one that is. Third Strike is so different than Super Turbo. They're both fantastic standalone games in their own right and one doesn't replace the other. But you get things like the Mortal Kombat series the way that was going. Well, if you get Armageddon, do you really need Deadly Alliance? It's kind of the same game, one has more characters and stuff. So caliber know. too? So, uh, well... That's an interesting question, too. If you have Soul Calibur 3, do you need Soul Calibur 2? Uh, if you have Soul Calibur 4, a lot of it is just dive in and figure it out for yourself and ask us the Dragon Ball questions, I suppose. So my answer to you, Rachel, would be get Pudokai 3, and if you want to get the previous ones, you can probably get them really cheap used with or without a box or anything, a GameStop or whatever. Eh, go for it. you find some neat stuff in there. Or you can just read our transformation guide on the site and see all the pretty pictures. I don't know. I would say that ends the email's but jeff i think you have an email yes i do who's it from? From Jeff. Oh.
1: In fact, it's from Jeff who lives four doors away around the corner.
0: Oh oh the one over on the microphone there. Yeah. Oh fancy that. You got a question for us.
1: Yeah, so so Jeff writes <laughs> Okay. Hey Mike, Mary, Julian, that's sexy, sexy Jeff. I have a great question for you. Uh listening to your discussion about the new character in the uh the jump anime special. Yes. Um Veggie Tobble well, not Veggie Tobble, <laughs> I should say <laughs> to- just Tabble. To- um I was just thinking, you know, if you're if you have a character named Vegeta. Yes. You know that it's based off the pun for vegetable,
0: yes. Did you not see this coming? (laughs) What that there would be an ending to the name? Yeah, that there would be a table. Some (laughs) at some point. I never
2: thought there would be any more Dragon Ball anything. So no, (laughs) Uh. I thought it was done. No more specials. (laughs) True enough, but like it
1: it was sort of like an inconclusive name. You know, like it it just said Vegeta. Didn't it? Didn't
0: I could totally see them coming up with more side him because they did it over the course of the series. Oh, movie three, we got Talus now. Movie eight, we got Broly and Paragus now. Sure, why not? And we're left thinking, I thought. There are only four left. Where? <laughs> what? Oh, there's another one. But yeah, I, I like that It kind of brings it full circle, concluding the original name pun almost. Well,
2: almost going beyond cuz he's Vegeta, so all they need is the bull. Right. But so they're redoing they're doing the ta twice. That's fine. They've yeah. done it before. Ta twice.
0: Kakaroto, so Ta Ta. <laughs> no,
1: not Ta Ta. Well, then that, that kind of leads to the question uh is there, are there any other characters that haven't filled out their pun yet?
3: Uh,
2: Vargas. Yeah. Ah. ah. <laughs>
0: Really?
1: No. You could say, oh. Co- no, 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 wait, I could say apul. Apul. He's
0: neither cyogen nor vegetable. Yeah,
1: true, but like apul and paragus, you could say apurugus. Never mind.
0: So, Jeff, you want apul and paragus to fuse. Someone draw this into what? Make it so. What is the resulting fusion name?
3: Apuragas.
0: Apuragas.
3: oh that would taste so awful (laughs) (laughs) apples and asparagus.
0: um thank you for the email jeff
3: you're welcome
0: did we answer your question or did you answer your own question
3: i think
1: that answers the question quite nicely yes jeff yes
0: if people have questions or (laughs) apuragas fan art uh, they can send it to... <laughs> they could send it to um, Four Doors
1: Around the Corner.
0: <laughs> what and... show are we on? <laughs>
1: what's that email again is it feedback is it emails it admin no wait. it's it's podcast there you go let me say that again it's podcast at com. that's p-o-d-c-a-s-t at d-a-i-z-e-x dot com
2: i love how we're taking like two hugely obscure characters we're like yes fuse them (laughs) paragus isn't
0: obscure yeah he showed up
2: once come on in a a movie movie. (laughs) died dead in one movie
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh all right then so i think that's gonna wrap up the episode it's been a wonderful time jeff thanks for joining us Well, you're welcome mike thanks Um, for inviting me let's say goodbye to you though oh really we're gonna say goodbye to everyone that's here and move on with our lives jeff i'm gonna get rid of you first Okay. But I'm going to let you plug what is uh actually being worked on tomorrow.
1: That's right. We're gonna be working on episode five of VG Convos, the podcast, or so I like to call it. Uh that's the video game conversations podcast, hosted by Mike, myself, Andrew, and our uh, actually our, our guest buddy Bryce is gonna be in tomorrow as well, right?
0: Yep. What are we talking about tomorrow?
1: Tomorrow we're doing uh game crossovers, video game crossovers.
0: This may actually uh be of interest to the Dysentho EX listeners because as you know, crossover games we've had had a few lately we've had jump superstars jump ultimate stars battle stadium don i mean there's three dragon ball related ones right there so uh, i think that'll be kind of interesting absolutely nice so jeff url one more time how do you do it how do you get there how do you listen
1: you go to vgconvos.com
0: nice thank you you're welcome merry Mike. you forgot, and I forgot to ask you last week. I noticed this in re-listening to the episode that you have a website which oh itself yeah, well,
2: I constantly forget is
0: coming up on eleven years of oh, existing. Jesus,
2: wow, age hit me. Okay, moving on. Yes, I have a website called Templeo Trunks. You can find it at www.templeotrunks.com And holy crap, eleven years.
0: We'll see you yeah. next week. Yes, Mary's oh. right. <laughs> a little sniffly. Yes.
2: Julian.
0: Yes, you and I dies and. E-X.
3: That's right, we can be found at Daisenshu EX, which is www.daiz.ex.com. That's Daisy X.
0: Julian, next week we are going to be talking about, and grade me on my pronunciation here. Good
3: enough. <laughs>
0: We are going to be talking about it because it is streaming online for free this coming Monday, the day after the show is going on the interwebs. That's right. Go check it out. We'll have a link to it up on the homepage. I think you can just go to jumpland.com and find it somewhere. So we are going to watch it and talk about it next week. Word up on that. So until then, next time on the show, for Jeff over here. Bye. Later. For Mary.
2: Adios, amigos. Uh,
0: Julian, you and me. For you. For you and Mary, and Jeff, for all of you together.
2: For, all of together. For... One.
0: Uh, oh, uh, for uh, a yeah. Uh, yeah. For My name is Mike, Vegito EX, Julian, Kill This Damn Show.
3: All right. you right. right. EX Podcast.
0: All right, all cell phones turned off or otherwise put away from mics, except yes. we airplane... Okay. <laughs> yep. No sniffling into the mics. I can't help Leaning it. Lean back if you have to. Really bad today. Audacity uh. set to record line-in and not microphone. Yes. All right, here we go. Now.
1: Good. <laughs> Zarbon picks up by this via the scouter. <laughs>